Thanks so much for joining us. Right now, we're playing some of our best of episodes of our podcast, and we will be back with fresh content soon. Welcome to the Auburn UMC Clergy Conversations podcast. Each week, our pastors take an in-depth look at Scripture and preview their message for Sunday morning services. We're glad you joined us. For more information about Auburn UMC, please visit our website at aumc.net. Thank you for joining us on this time of conversation as we look at Mark chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. Um, And it's two kind of scenes in the life of Jesus and uh, his disciples and um, definitely a lot of things we can learn from uh, this scripture. So um, so would one of you like to read for us? I have the Common English Bible. What do you have? I have the New Revised Standard Version NRSV. Okay. Which one do you want? We can hear them both. How about that? (laughs) Well, hear them both. All right. We're starting in verse 30 today, and it's right as Jesus is predicting his death. And it says, From there, Jesus and his followers went through Galilee, but he didn't want anyone to know it. This was because he was teaching his disciples. The human one will be delivered into human hands. They will kill him. Three days after he is killed, he will rise up. But they didn't understand this kind of talk, and they were afraid to ask him. When they entered Capernaum, when they had come into a house, he asked them, What are you arguing about on the journey? They didn't respond, since on the way they had been debating with each other about who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be least of all and the servant of all. Jesus reached for a little child, placed him among the twelve, and embraced him. Then he said, Whoever welcomes one of these children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me isn't actually welcoming me, but rather the one who sent me. And as I read through this, it's the NRSV is pretty much the same. There's just a few little differences. So yeah. it's not okay. like I would think that we need to read it. But, for example, like the Son of Man is called the human one uh-huh. in, in yours, which I think is an interesting translation of kind of the messianic, uh, you know, Christ, fig, yeah. you know, Christ figure. Um, and then instead of uh, at the end, whoever wants to be first must be last of all. The least word is interesting because it reminds me of how Jesus, I think it's in the 25, 25th chapter of Matthew when he says, um, as you've done it to the least of these, kind of the same word right. you've done it mm-hmm. to me, which fits so well with mm-hmm. this text today about what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to mm-hmm. be a disciple. Mm-hmm. I get really tickled when I think about this text, and I don't know why, because it is very serious, and the tone is very somber, but there's almost like a a note of comedy to it in Mm -hmm. this, and I guess it's appropriate, because when we talk about Mark, we have to remember that Mark is written kind of like a screenplay, uh, so it does make sense. I love that uh, when they get to their destination, Jesus says, what were you guys arguing about back there? And they don't want to tell him, because they've been arguing about which one of them is the best, which one of them is the favorite, who's the coolest of all. And of course, Jesus already knows the answer and calls them out. But it's just so interesting to me and and silly even 
that they're arguing about who's the greatest and none of them will actually admit what they were talking to Jesus about. I know. And I had like two thoughts about that. One, I read somewhere that uh, there could be no greater illustration of disciples <laughs> totally missing the point of Jesus yeah. than yeah. Jesus saying that the Son of Man, that I'm going to be betrayed to human hands, be killed on the third day, be mm-hmm. rise from the dead, and they didn't say anything. And of course, I kind of picture it, you know, like, a, uh, I don't know, when I've been in class oftentimes, and it's like, I don't even know enough to ask a question. Right. Um, you know, yeah. professor, do you have any questions? I don't even know enough to ask. Yeah. Um, but then um, there they're arguing, and Jesus asks that question, what are you arguing about? And of course, they're arguing about who's the greatest. And, you know, I can always hear Peter in the back of my mind saying, yeah. well, I'm the one who's walked on water. And, um, <laughs> others who were yeah. uh, talking about, right, other other things. Um but I also yeah. thought back on our text last week of Psalm chapter 19, the words of my mouth, meditation of our hearts, be acceptable in my sight, mm-hmm. and, and asking that question, have they been? Mm-hmm. And I thought about that question about what are you arguing about, and would any of us really want to be honest before Jesus and say, this is what we argued about this week? Yeah. It's not the most flattering moment that you want to bring out, no. right? I mean, you know, for us. I mean. And and ultimately, I think a lot of it boils down to exactly what the disciples were arguing about. That we have the best uh, ideas, best politics, best comments on social media. Mm-hmm. That yeah. a lot of it at the root is the, the same. But yeah, that's what I thought about with any argument that we've had over the past week, we really want to say, Jesus, this is what we've been arguing about. Yeah, listen in on that conversation, on that text thread I've been having, or <laughs> mm-hmm. that thing that's taken my most attention. It's not the most flattering thing sometimes. I mean, just, ew. The amount of energy that I put into arguing with my husband about what we're going to have for dinner, <laughs> or, you know, like mm-hmm. strangers on the internet about something irrelevant, uh, I can't decide if it's really sad or <laughs> no. really impressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's You know, last week you had... Charles had this great quote from what James Lear Mead, Mead yeah. um, about the, the scripture and how scripture um, comforts. What were the other two? Yeah, claims us, comforts us, convicts us. Convicts us. Yeah. This one really does a good job of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're claimed as followers and te- Jesus is mm-hmm. teaching mm-hmm. and this lesson just calls them to you know, it's one of those moments where the teacher looks up and asks, what are the questions? And everybody, you know, looks at the ground. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want to ask anything. You know, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. lectures happen, but then outside of class, he's paying attention to what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. There's this crazy sense of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this convicting moment because these disciples are all of us. I mean, right. you don't I, get it. I get the sense that they know they were wasting time having this conversation. Uh it is a really convicting moment. We are all disciples, and the disciples in so many ways are such a reflection of us, even all these years later, mm-hmm. spending so much energy on things that we would be ashamed for Jesus to overhear or um, just a, a continual lesson in missing the point, mm-hmm. I think, is where mm-hmm. I find myself a lot of times. But, yeah, mm-hmm. real, real convicted, that's for sure. I think that's more less claimed and less comforted and more convicted for me today mm-hmm, as I read this. Definitely. Well, I think I think about you know the the fact that these these folks have been called together by Jesus and in the middle of all that he calls them together and he says things that are hard to hear that the son of man, you know, Jesus, the one that they've just said you are the Christ, the son of the living God. They've just mm-hmm. claimed that. And then he says these words kill 
be killed, be betrayed, handed over, delivered, whatever, however you want to interpret that, and then rise again. And they're afraid to ask any more questions. I get it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I get it. That's hard to hear. And, you know, when you read leadership books, just go to Books A Million or, or Amazon. And what's the top stories? It's, you know... You know how to be how to be a success. There's even a book I saw this week. Something about the leadership lessons of Santa Claus. I mean, how to how to how to uh, keep active in your workshop all throughout the year. It was a strange kind of thing, but I'm but that's kind of the level of leadership. You know, it's just how can you live your best life now and crazy stuff. But, yeah. Because it's Jesus has something the opposite of that. I mean, mm-hmm. for us to listen to today, um, if you want to follow me, there's a cross involved. Which is hard still Absolutely. for us to think yeah. about. Yeah, and I think you know. Also, we look at this, and we know so much more than the disciples. That of course Jesus is talking about himself, but oh. but yeah. they you know did not realize that. Yeah. And then secondly, I just heard this great quote just talking about the um, being the the servant of all that um, that our uh, ambition to to rule must be replaced with ambition to serve. Mm-hmm. And how um, our desire to be, you know, king of the hill, so to speak. Mm-hmm. There's only so many available hills, and so we keep making hills <laughs> to, uh, to to be the king of or the queen yeah. of uh, yeah. in that that yeah. regard. Um, and so, uh, so that was just an interesting quote that we we make our own um, places where we think that that we can be the greatest or that we can excel. Yeah. We can rule. We right. can rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. That's we've been working together for a while now. That's so funny. The first thing that you said, I was just thinking, maybe I'm being too hard on the disciples. I think maybe this is a lesson in um, the human attention span. Maybe they weren't uh, ashamed of what they said, but they had just not been paying attention long enough to realize all that Jesus was teaching. And by the time he asks them what's going on, they're really disoriented. It's hard to understand Jesus when you've tuned out so much of the lesson. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think service really does play into that. It's really hard to understand this calling of Jesus or this yoke that Jesus calls us to when we tune out so much of the lessons of Jesus. It's hard to recognize that Jesus is the human one or the son of God mm-hmm. or all of the things that God calls us to when um, we're really not not present for it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It makes well, sense I, in my brain. I feel like I'm not no, articulating yeah. I think in well. the sense of it's like everything else. Um, we think it's for somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not for us to have to serve that much. It's not right. for yeah. us to have to, you know, go to that extreme. It's not for us to have to give of ourselves or to be generous or kind or caring or mm-hmm. slow down and help the stranger or welcome yeah. that person. I mean, somebody needs to do that. Yeah, or, I know, but, you know. We yeah. we're just saying call yeah. somebody else, right. you know, mm-hmm. rather than you know help get out of the, almost the good Samaritan moment. You know the 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 holy people pass by yeah. on the other side of the yeah. road. Somebody needs to do something right <laughs> and yeah. think. I hope somebody helps that poor guy over mm-hmm. there in the ditch. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the hard part about this is that it, it it's convicting. Mm-hmm. Calls us the, uh, the there's two parts to this text. I mean, there's this par- first part that where Jesus teaches, and then there's this moment where, like a good teacher, he pulls in an object lesson. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, 
he he finds this child who mm-hmm. we're not sure. There's an interesting part about this. He welcomes a child, but then it sounds like he's holding the child. You know, it's, it, I don't know how old the child is, but he t- he took the child, put it among them, and taking this child in his arms. There's a mm. that's a very tender moment, and it's almost like one of those stained glass moments where you think of Jesus taking right. a little child or a lamb or something. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. hard to hear the fact that children were not treasured <laughs> in those days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Non-persons, they couldn't they couldn't contribute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that to me says a lot about welcoming the outcast and the dispossessed. Right, and it struck me in that same way. You know that word welcome, not just be nice to or wave or be polite, but yeah. but welcome. And what does all you know? What does that all involve? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, this one. Well, I hate to be the the spoiler alert, but uh, you know, at the beginning of the new year in 2022, um, I don't know. This story almost reminds me of this story that we don't tell very often in church, and it's the only story we have of Jesus's childhood, Mm -hmm. when Jesus gets lost in the streets of Jerusalem. And I almost picture in a way that like welcoming the children, the least of this, these is like welcoming Jesus, because the only story we have of Jesus's childhood is of him roaming the streets of Jerusalem, his parents looking for him, and where he's welcomed is uh, the temple. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I just... uh, I think that's, I don't know why that image sticks to me. You know, like we have this beautiful portrait of Jesus's childhood and then we see Jesus welcoming a child here. And so a lot in that way, Mm -hmm. welcoming the least of these is welcoming Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when asked, Jesus says, well, well, didn't you know this is where I would be? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Didn't you know this is where I'd be? Didn't you know this is what I wanted? Welcome the least Mm -hmm. of these. And it's a, it's one of those themes of Mark or, or Jesus in, in Mark that is woven throughout the scriptures that Jesus is with the least. You know, when I was in prison, mm-hmm. when I was a stranger, when I was naked, when I was in need. However, you know, yeah. as you've done it unto the least of these, you've done yeah. it unto me. There is that sense of um, getting out of ourself <laughs> and caring uh, for someone else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I always, you know, this passage, uh, and y'all have heard me talk about this before, I have to think about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And the drum major instinct when he Mm -hmm. preached on this, just so powerfully and so beautifully, not too long before before his death, before he was assassinated, um, that he just took that, you know, the greatest among you shall be your servant, and just, Mm -hmm. just ran with it. And, you know, some of the things he said is that if you want to be important, great. If you want to be um, recognized, great, but recognize this, that the greatest among you shall be your servant. Mm-hmm. And then he goes down and kind of says, um, and illustrates that um, that everyone can serve and, and does that by saying, you know, that you don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You don't need a PhD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to know the difference between Socrates and Aristotle and all these things. Um, but he sums it up in this way, this section of the, the sermon. Uh, so the reason I love that definition, that the greatest among you shall be your servant, is that all can be great because all can serve. Yeah. Mm. And um, I just always think about that with this, this mm. passage. Um, and so if it's welcoming the little child, if mm-hmm. it's uh, just serving in any way that we 
yeah. we can. Wherever we find ourselves. Wherever we find ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think about right now in our world, we have um, so many opportunities in our own church. We're, yeah. This week, we are in the pro- process of, you know, collecting things for those who are in the uh, who who are still cleaning up, obviously, from the hurricane, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in, in Louisiana and uh, in the East Coast. And we're collecting items that are in, in need. And so often it's easy to just give a little bit or even when we think about stewardship season in the life of our church, the idea that um, we think about God has given us so much and the, op- the opportunities we have to be hospitable to somebody else, to care for the life of someone else, to me is mm-hmm. is, the, is the calling and the conviction that Scripture gives us today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a ranking system, but if I had to put them in a hierarchy, this feels like some of the, the better news that Jesus brings. Welcoming the outsider is a whole lot easier than uh, turning the other cheek or loving your enemy or giving all you have to the poor. Uh, I feel like this is, like you were saying, Charles, um, and that great quote attributed to Dr. King that that we can we can all welcome. That's something that all of us mm-hmm. can do. That is a, a no barrier uh, way to connect to God and to connect to each other and ultimately to to serve God in that way. I think if I had to pick of all the things that Jesus asked me to do, welcoming welcoming the stranger, welcoming the least of these feels like something all of us can do really easily and are given opportunities to do every single day. Jesus reverses the ideas of of what the ways our our world looks at greatness and like you brought up from Dr. King, it's not stepping on others, it's not um, climbing the ladder of success, it's not um, you know trying to be great by putting others down but it's actually going in the other direction <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's 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 the reversal of all that whoever's last mm-hmm. um i think the only way that that's really possible to consistently do is through the holy spirit and yeah. through guys i don't think it's something humanly that we can just keep that's right keep doing on our own but I know that's it's true. this process of growth so. mm-hmm. well we we are that child mm-hmm. that christ is welcomed and we've all been welcomed in, and and um, and we've all been people who who have nothing else to contribute other than just to be who we are, and that is enough. Mm-hmm. And that's such a graceful moment. And to think about that, Christ welcomes us, and now says, "Now you go welcome others." As the mm-hmm. Father has sent me, I send you. That's mm-hmm. that's a gift we've been given. So, as we close today, we pray for all of you who are listening, and give thanks for. God's love and grace in all of our life. And I'm grateful for all of you taking time to join us um, through, um, you know, through the internet, through podcast, however you're joining us today. Kelly, can you pray for us? As yeah, we close? I would love to. Holy God, we are grateful, grateful that you have welcomed us into your arms like we read about Jesus doing in this story today. And we ask that by your spirit and your grace, you would help us to be Um, quick to open our arms and our homes and our lives uh, not just to others but to you we pray these things in Christ's name we hope you have enjoyed this episode of Clergy Conversations with Auburn United Methodist Church check back next week for our next episode for more information about Auburn United Methodist Church please visit our website at aumc.net